You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. OAuth abuse rushes a worm around Google Docs, but the good guys swiftly contain the attack. BondNet is discovered mining cryptocurrency. The Black Moon financial malware gets an upgrade. Carbonac is still out there, trickier than ever. No fishing season at Gannett. India's national biometric ID system runs into security and legal trouble. And reflections on passwords yesterday, today, and tomorrow, both here on Earth and in a galaxy far, far away. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, May 4th, 2017. Another OAuth abuse exploit hit this week. Plausible-looking emails with a Google Docs sharing notification and carrying a worm circulated widely yesterday. Google and Cloudflare responded quickly, containing the incident in about an hour. This is being widely praised as a blue-team win, but all would do well to remain on alert and to remain suspicious of unexpected sharing. A Google engineer noticed discussion of the incident trending on Reddit, and within an hour of the first complaints, Google was able to block the app from its OAuth screen. Cloudflare also assisted, taking down domains associated with the attacks. There do not appear to have been any additional malware payloads distributed by the worm, but a number of observers have noted the similarity of approach, OAuth abuse, to a tactic Trend Micro recently described as part of Pondstorm's toolkit. Pondstorm is, you'll recall, Fancy Bear, Russia's GRU, but there's nothing so far to indicate any particular state actor behind the Google Docs incident. Whoever was responsible, their motive is so far as obscure as their identity. Two interesting discoveries were announced this morning. Gardecore Labs has identified BondNet, a botnet said to consist of thousands of servers. So far, it's been applied to mining cryptocurrencies, but it seems ready for weaponization into a distributed denial-of-service platform. And Fidelis Cybersecurity has reported the reappearance of the Black Moon banking trojan, now with a new man-in-the-browser framework. Black Moon has so far afflicted mostly South Korean financial services. Trustwave reports that the Carbonac gang has refined its intrusion techniques, using phone call follow-ups to see whether fishing marks have opened and swallowed the fish bait. Carbonac has also come under suspicion in recent restaurant hacks, affecting the Chipotle, Baja Fresh, and Ruby Tuesday chains. USA Today has reported a phishing attack that compromised some 18,000 accounts belonging to employees of the paper's corporate parent, Gannett. 
The attack appears to have been straightforwardly criminal in nature. It was discovered when Gannett's financial team noticed a compromised account used in an attempt to transfer money fraudulently. That attempt was stopped, and Gannett believes the incident is contained and that personal information of current and former employees is not at risk. Those employees will nonetheless be offered free credit monitoring just to be on the safe side. The CyberWire is proud to be a media partner at the upcoming Cyber Investing Summit, May 23rd, at the New York Stock Exchange. We spoke with Andrew Channon about the event. There are you know, thousands of conferences around the world that focus on cybersecurity. However, they tend to fall into two kind of uh, tracks. One, where they focus on the, the technologies and the services and the solutions, where they're you know, really promoting kind of the products that are out there. And the other type um, kind of is more educational and you know, teaches kind of best practices and cyber hygiene. However, from my background, um, helping to create the world's first cybersecurity uh, exchange-traded fund, I realized that there was a huge interest in investing in cybersecurity, yet not too many avenues for doing it or for discussing. And with that in mind, I partnered with with family to create um, the Cyber Investing Summit, which really tries to highlight the uh, potential investing opportunities in both the uh, public as well as the private side of the cybersecurity industry. So take me through what can people expect uh, if they come to the summit? Um, I, I think they can expect um, you know, experts in the cybersecurity space, both from the, the vendor side, from the acquirer side, uh, and from the investment community as well. Private equity companies, VC companies, those that are publicly traded cybersecurity companies, those looking to raise capital as well. Um, as well as the, the financial advisory and other uh, family offices and hedge funds, individuals looking to, to learn more, gain insight as to potential investing um, ideas for um, getting exposure to the cybersecurity uh, sector. And uh, so who, who, who are you targeting here? Who would be the ideal person to come to the summit? I think anyone that, that's looking to learn more about the, the industry, um, not necessarily as much about how each of the products work, but really the trends in the industry, uh, the market, um, the areas for potential growth, the, uh, the drivers and potential catalysts for the overall industry, those looking to potentially raise capital for their own businesses, those looking to deploy capital for uh, investment into this industry. That's Andrew Channon. The Cyber Investing Summit is coming up May 23rd, 2017 at the New York Stock Exchange. Cerber Ransomware now has VM and sandbox evasion capabilities, but extortion is nowadays less confined to ransomware than it had been. The Netflix hack is seen as a bellwether. Criminals are increasingly threatening to either take a network down through distributed denial-of-service attacks or saying they'll release sensitive, embarrassing, or otherwise valuable information if they're not paid off. India's Athar National ID System is in trouble. Not only is the system's legality under challenge before India's Supreme Court, but it's proven leaky. Already more than 133 million individuals' biometric records have been exposed. Today is Password Day, as you may have heard, and the trade press is filled with ruminations over the past, present, and likely future of the password as a cornerstone of security. It's an old approach, to be sure. Consider the Book of Judges, chapter 12, verse 6, where the war between the men of Gilead and the men of Ephraim is described. To identify spies from Ephraim, 
The Gileadites made suspects say Shibboleth, a word the Ephraimites inevitably pronounced Sibboleth. So passwords and countersigns, not to mention security questions, have been around about as long as we have written records. Their use continues into the 20th century. U.S. Marines fighting on Guadalcanal used passwords with lots of L's in them, like lollipop or lollygag or hallelujah, because of the difficulty Japanese speakers were thought to have had distinguishing the liquid consonants L and R. Every language has its phonemic pitfalls. Native speakers of English, our linguistics desk informs us, are usually not even capable of distinguishing a hard from a soft L, and that's a distinction that's obvious to every native speaker of Russian. We have to trust them. We can't hear the difference no matter how often they pronounce the two. They gave up on us, shouted something like, Miyaki's knock, and left in frustration. Security questions are old wheezes, too. Who hasn't seen the World War II movie where the plucky G.I.s stop the SS infiltrators because the infiltrators, despite their American disguises and fluent English, can't answer simple questions like, What's a Texas leaguer? Or, Who's Olive Oil's boyfriend? Of course, today's another holiday, Star Wars Day, or May the Fourth be with you. It makes us wonder why the Empire was so cover-your-eyes-awful at identity management. I mean, their authentication practices would have made any self-respecting man of Gilead blush. And biometrics? Forget about it. Defeated by the opaque face masks worn by stormtroopers and Death Star crew members? We could go on, but we'll leave it at that. Just one question. Who was Olive Oil's boyfriend, really? Popeye or Bluto? Ask around the next time you're on Tatooine or Scarif. But first, see if the Jawas in the cantina can pronounce Rumpelstiltskin properly. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business.
And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Rick Howard. He's the chief security officer at Palo Alto Networks, and he also heads up Unit 42, which is their threat intel team. Rick, we've spoken before about the cybersecurity canon, uh, and uh, you all have an awards ceremony coming up, yes? Yes, it is true. It is that time of year again. Uh, Palo Alto Networks is hosting the fourth annual Cybersecurity Canon Awards ceremony in beautiful downtown D.C. In other words, it is Oscar night for cybersecurity book lovers. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. Talk <laughs> about right. your niche market. <laughs> I know. I'm wearing a tux and a tie, uh, tied up tie, bow tie. I don't know. Will it's there gonna... be a red carpet? Will we ask who you're wearing? Absolutely. It would do. I'll send you the photo. Okay, right. very good. <laughs> So, uh, as you know, okay, we have set this up like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Today, there are about 30 books on the candidate list, and each year we add more books to it, and and each year we choose two or three to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, over the three years we've been doing it so far, we've put about 10 books into the Hall, Hall of Fame, and that's kind of exciting. Now, now, in order to get onto the candidate list, some practitioner has to write a book review making the case that this is a book that all of us should have read by now. Now, we have a committee of network defenders. These are CISOs and journalists and cyber lawyers and lots of other kinds of people who review all the submissions to see if they're worthy. And if they are, they go on the candidate list. Once there, the candidate committee meets once a year in a secret bunker somewhere in the Alaskan tundra to decide which books will be placed into the Hall of Fame that year. That meeting happened last December. Past winners have been, okay, We Are Anonymous by Parmi Olson. That is the most fantastic book on hacktivism uh, that has been out there. Uh, Spam Nation by Brian Krebs. If you want to learn about cybercrime, that's the book to read. Countdown to Zero Day by Kim Zetter, all about the Stuxnet attacks, both technical and political. Fantastic book. And uh, my favorite out of the 10 that are in there is Cuckoo's Egg by Clifford Stoll. It's rather long in the tooth, but everything he talks about in there is still true today. So I guess we haven't learned our lesson. Cuckoo's Egg was the book that got me into security. So it's one of my favorites. This is a free resource to the Network Defender community, just like Canon, as in Canon of Literature, not Canons that blow things up. And, right. <laughs> and Palo Alto Networks, and you'll find the site. Click on the book cover of your choosing and read the book review. And if you don't like to read that much, there's even an, an executive summary. So, <laughs> wow. so stay tuned. <laughs> All bases covered. All bases, All bases. Covered. Now, the actual awards ceremony, uh, to, is, is that a public event or is that invitation only? It's invitation only because we have a very small facility this time, but ah. we're bringing in uh, students from the local universities. We're flying in the winners, the authors that are the, that are the winners, and uh, some local government luminaries so we can all shake hands and sing Kumbaya. So I'm very much looking forward to it. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing who the big winner is this year. Once again, Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. 
We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.